This is episode 139 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 139 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Jacqueline Marshall of Baywap Designs on the show. And Jacqueline is an investor and house flipper that's primarily active in Windsor, Ontario right now. She started her investing with just some buy and holds in the St. Catharines, Niagara region, and over time turned her portfolio into a bit of a cash flow monster, uh, which allowed her to leave her job as a dental hygienist in combination with the active income of flipping that she's doing right now. And uh, Jacqueline's approach is actually quite unique because she sort of took a page out of the book of Brittany Arnest who does a lot of the work herself or was doing a lot of the work herself on her burr projects. And Jacqueline's actually doing that with her flips and she profiles it very well on her Instagram page at Baywap Design. So if you want to check that out, I've included the handle for that in the show notes of this episode. I'm confident you're going to get a lot out of this episode. If you're new to the podcast, as always, I recommend going right back to the beginning. Episodes 1 through 10 are very foundational, and then all the way up to 20 and onward will really help you wrap your head around this stuff. Um, A lot of the initial concepts were reiterated and reiterated over again to help make sure that you got it nailed down. So if you haven't already done that, or if you're feeling like you're not quite following along, I highly recommend heading right back to episode 1. And then beyond that, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button and the notification bell and leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. It'll just help more people to find this content and hopefully help them as well. So without further ado, let's get started with episode 139 with Jacqueline Marshall. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Jacqueline Marshall on the show today. We've been trying to line this up for a while. Jacqueline, you uh, you do a lot of hands-on work. I've followed your Instagram a bit and uh, wanted to hear your story. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me your time and uh, the use of your platform to share my story. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So could you just give me a little bit of the backstory of, of what you're doing in real estate right now, how you got to where you're at, and then we'll have more questions from there. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing this for about six years, being an investor, and it all snowballed and uh, took on a life of its own when it started because I had no intentions of being an investor. I was a dental hygienist and I had acquired a couple of rentals with no, still no concept of real estate investing, no intentions of walking away from hygiene and um, just taking this on full time and just making it a career and having that time freedom. But um, as I got into it and I got more rentals, I became more aware, started becoming more knowledgeable about it. And uh, the light bulb started going off and it took a life of its own. And then after six uh, single-family home rentals in the Niagara area, they're in St. Catharines, Welland, Font Hill area. And I started flipping over about three years ago, and I never looked back. I did my first flip, which was a light cosmetic or a light lipstick flip. And I just loved it. I just loved it. And uh, yeah, there was just, you, you weren't going to put me back in a, a dental office ever again. <laughs> so you transitioned, it would have been 2018 yeah. then? Uh, it was about three years ago, three, mm-hmm. three and a bit, like, you know, t- give or take a couple of months. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I guess, so, yeah, so that was minutes. the end of dental hygiene. Yeah. You were doing rentals on the side. And um, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that's a, you probably have some pretty strong cash flow on that portfolio, given where, where it is and the time frame you were doing that in. 
I did. So I started acquiring the rentals six years ago. And just to give you an example, uh, I bought one uh, for $144,000 and it is, I could sell it now. I've, I've done some CapEx stuff on it, like roofs and windows and some waterproofing mm-hmm. uh, over the past six years, but um, I could sell that property. It's about seven, somewhere between seven, 800 square feet. Uh, it's between the university and St. Catharines and the new hospital. So it's a really ideal uh, location, sweet spot. And uh, I could sell it for 450, 475, no problem. So, yeah, those are great and the, the cash flow, the, the rent. Yeah. And so the rent on that, it's uh, right now, I just raised it to 1525 a month plus utilities. And that's still under market, but I do that with all of my rentals. Um, and I've never, I don't raise the rent on my tenants when they're with me. If they're with me four years, I don't raise the rent. Um, if they were with me five, six years, yeah, I would have to start getting into raising the rent. But uh, the longest tenant I've ever had in one rental up in Font Hill, they were with me for four years and I never raised the rent on them. So, but I lost them due to COVID. They, they were just, you know, yeah, so. time to move on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've had a similar approach, especially with my student rentals, not wanting to raise the rent. But I mean, for me, it was, mm-hmm. I knew that they were going to leave. Like I knew that at, uh, at year four, they might, they might stay for a fourth year in a, and I actually look at that as a good thing. Um, but if mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't likely they were going to stay longer than that. So after like a four year cycle, I'd be able to increase the rents. That's how I've always looked at that. Yeah. Now, did you ever have any fear with any of those that that people might just stay really long term and you'd be so far <laughs> behind market rent that that it wouldn't make as much sense to hang on to it? Like, what's your thought process with all that? Uh, I'm not too concerned. Like, even ever since from the get go, I've always had positive cash flow. And as long as that is maintained, I, I don't care. I don't want to put anyone in a position. I know people seem to think, well, Jacqueline, you need to be a little bit more uh, hard-headed and business-inclined, take the emotion out of it. But I, I, if it's under market value, I really don't care because it's still I'm still cash-flowing on all of my mm-hmm. properties. You know, uh, The mortgages were so cheap on them when I bought them. Um, like, for example, six years ago or whenever I bought it, uh, the house up in Font Hill, I bought that for 190 or 192. You can't buy a house in Font Hill anywhere now for less than seven hundred thousand dollars. So, right. um, you know, so it's uh, so you're winning no matter good, how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, just because the markets are like it's they've gone up and the rents have gone up, and subsequently mm-hmm. I've been able to raise my rents with tenant turnovers, and so the the cash flow just keeps going up. And up and up and up. I mean, I've got twelve hundred dollar a month cash flow on one property alone. So that's amazing. Like you yeah. can say that. <laughs> in our in our sphere, we get a few, but I mean, not outside. Not the average person um, mm-hmm. can say that. So yeah. you know, that's really fantastic. Yeah. So so you built a nice nice portfolio. Um, you said you mm-hmm. sort of stumbled upon that. Why did you keep doing it? Like, what was your why there? <laughs> the why. Um, so. I mean, I had my house, my the, first, the, the house that ended up being the first rental. I put it up for sale simply because I wanted to move to another community. I was working as a dental hygienist. It didn't sell. And out of frustration, I put it up for rent. And I called my agent and said, I'm just going to rent it. I'm going to buy another house. I, I need to move closer to where I work, right? And, 
And I had good luck with the first tenants. And so I thought, well, so the second house that I had bought, I was like, well, why don't I just rent this and go buy another house? And I was going to house hack that because it had an income suite. But when it came time to finding tenants to live in the same building with me, because that's that was where I was going to stop, I uh, I just it didn't sit right with me. And I wasn't in my comfort zone to live in the same building with other tenants or people because I've never lived like that. And so I just ended up renting it all out and just went and bought it. <laughs> I just kept on going. And it just kind of took a, light, uh, a life of its own. And I had... I wasn't doing anything intentionally with, you know, with the idea of I was going to walk away from hygiene because that's a $42, $47 an hour job. And I was working 12 hour shifts. So, um, but I, I don't know, just the light bulb went off and I had a conversation with my real estate agent and I said, like, what are my options with real estate investing? Like what else do people do to invest in real estate? So after that conversation with him, uh, something that stood out with me was flipping and I saw, time freedom. I saw an opportunity, particularly after I sold the first flip, I saw the, a real opportunity. Wow. I don't have to work 12 hour shifts in the dental office and uh, I could have time freedom. I was in more in control of my financial future. I had, I saw a better, uh, more comfortable retirement for myself because I mean every year I look at my RSPs with my bank and I'm like you explain to me how I'm going to retire comfortably with the lifestyle I want on this and I just saw that um, flipping and real estate investing that was going to bankroll the retirement I want for myself that much better than RSPs or continuing to work as a hygienist till I was just too old to do it there was a cap on it with real estate investing um, there's no cap on it like how big do you want to build your portfolio just learn how to do it and it can happen. So, right. Yeah. Now, do yeah. you still do you still pepper in some burr projects to keep in with your flips or are you just strictly flipping right now? I've never burred any of my properties. And I and some people find that strange. But to be honest, when I was acquiring the rentals, I I didn't even know that that was an option. No, I wasn't I wasn't asking the questions because I was so unknowledgeable back then. So I wasn't asking the questions. And in, in every the bank and my real estate agent, they weren't thinking or prompting me to go, well, maybe Jacqueline, you should look at other options or how to do this and whatever. And so I've never burred. And uh, but now that I know what I know. I am considering because I'm literally sitting on three to five hundred thousand equity in, in every respective property that I have. Mm-hmm. So if I took that all out, I'm going to be able to really bankroll the multifamily in the upcoming year, which is what I want to do. And I've had that discussion with my accountant, uh, my accountant and my bank and myself. We've had conference calls about it. And I just said, I want to take equity out. This is what I want to do for the next year or five years. This is what my goals are. This is what I want my portfolio to look like. So, yeah, we've had some conference calls uh, a couple of times in the past several months, uh, just just knowing how and what we need, how we need to set things up. So having a good accountant Mm -hmm. and having those talks now is what's going to help me really scale up. Yeah, it sounds like you're poised to do it. You're You're in that good position. You got the equity there. And it's really just a matter of yeah. finding the property that, that looks right to you. Is that a fair assessment? Mm-hmm. It is. And also just, um, I mean, I slowly graduated into being a landlady. So uh, the confidence, uh, so the first time I became a, a landlady, that first house, 
it didn't even cross my mind that maybe I should do some background checking. Maybe I should give them an application. <laughs> I had no systems, no processes, had no idea that I should. And so uh, in the past six years, that I've, that's obviously changed. You know, I've learned how to be a better landlady and how to screen people and mitigate risk and all of that. So with, that, with those systems and processes and all of that experience and knowledge of the past six years under my belt now, I'm going to snowball that into multifamily. Like mm-hmm. I feel really confident taking that on project management, building management, uh, how to vet um, uh, management companies like before okay. a couple of years ago, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have even crossed my mind that I should vet a property management company, but now I do. And I know how to have that conversation. So I'm definitely uh, going into multifamily, much more confident, much more knowledgeable. And that's going to real. I feel confident that that's going to mitigate risk, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely uh, resonate with, you know, kind of just not having a process really on. That's how I, it reminds me of how I got my first <laughs> tenants and got myself into trouble. And, you know, I had groups of students before I had a process for the student stuff. Uh, you know, they had a paintball yeah. fight in one of the houses. It's, uh, <laughs> It's easy to get yourself into trouble if you uh, if you don't know um, the process, right? So, yeah, that's that's why it's great wow. to kind of leverage this community. And uh, obviously, you know, now the day we're in with like podcasts and people sharing their stories, it's there's a, a lot of free advice out there. So, um, not yeah. to change gears too much here, but I mean, looking at your Instagram, you uh, you seem like you're you're fairly handy, and you uh, you do a lot of these renovations yourself. Um, Tell me about kind of your standard project, what you get into, what, what you yourself are doing, what you're subbing out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, that too, when I, t- like I said, like I, t- I didn't overwhelm myself with the first flip because I didn't have any knowledge, experience or background with renovating or DIYing or anything like that. But I, my mindset is also, I can't use lack of knowledge, experience or background as an excuse not to go after something. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of YouTubing. I reached out to a lot of people who uh, I also come from a a construction background. So uh, it's not like I wasn't on familiar or I didn't have resources or I didn't have a dial a friend or anything like that. Um, But it was just perseverance. And so the first flip, I did it with uh, $10,000. I didn't have a penny more and it was all cosmetic and it worked and I had success with it. And even though I had to redo things, even though I had some meltdowns and I cried and I was frustrated and there was a few moments where I was like, what the hell have I got myself into? Um, I just persevered. I kept going. And sometimes I just gave myself, I just walked away from everything and maybe took the day off and just, Mm -hmm. you know, just took a break from trying to focus on a solution and just gave myself a break and, uh, just thought about it and researched and went back and did it. And then I got it completed. I got it sold. I was happy and I was hooked and I just wanted to do another one. So that's, uh, I've done eight now. So yeah. eight flips. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, and are you usually the one doing the work or do you, do you hire out some of it as well? Yeah. So I did graduate. I, I love a challenge. So I didn't want to stick with just cosmetic flips or like uh, construction uh, needs, like things are all I could do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did graduate into things like where it needed new windows, new roof. Uh, the house had to be entirely uh, rewired because it had knob and tool. So those are things that, you know, I get permits for. I hire the people who are licensed and bondable, especially the electric- electrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I got into projects. But again, if I had started off, I think uh, with uh, flips, 
on my own that needed electrical and this, that, and the other thing, those big things where you have, I think I would have ran for the hills. So I just slowly graduated and kept challenging myself. And I slowly learned how to vet contractors and tradespeople and what to look out for. And, uh, and I did just a lot of research on that too. There's a lot of resources. So I just learned and uh, slowly rolled with the mistakes and uh, took those that learning experience and that uh, those mistakes and took it to the next project to make sure I didn't do it again. And mm-hmm. <laughs> call well, me that's, crazy. <laughs> that's great. And we'll dig into a specific example of one of these. And anyone um, who anyone yeah. who hasn't uh, already checked out your Instagram profile should. So it's uh, what is it? Baywap. Baywap that- design. Yeah, B-A-Y, Baywap Design uh, is the is the handle for that. So, um, so yeah, I can see you doing quite a bit of, of hands-on. Um, just before we dig into one of those examples, um, I find that it's it's pretty rare that people will get into sort of the full-time flipping gig when they come out of a job that you know they're into. It, it pays them really well. Um, it's hard to transition. Now, of course, I think your experience in rentals probably helped you because you probably had to do like odds and ends repairs and stuff. Um, But was there a specific thing that kind of like, I know you said you found it fun, but was it that you were anticipating it be fun or were you kind of just ready for a change? Like what what was it that that made you do that? Because you obviously had full time work already. Um, Yeah, um, I didn't enjoy I I was started working as a hygienist and I wasn't doing it very long before I realized that, oh my God, I hate this career. Um, but at, when you spend all that, all those years and all that money training uh, to get that career and you're making a good living and you've got a 12 hour shift, it was, it's, what do you replace that with? I just didn't know. And I sure as hell wasn't going to go back to college or university and try something again. And like I said, it was just by pure luck that I stumbled and unintentionally became a landlady and it Mm -hmm. took on a life of its own. And then I had that conversation with my agent, uh, which I want to point out, it's very important to have an agent that is uh, investor knowledgeable and friendly and maybe an investor himself so that he knows what the heck that he's talking about when you have that those conversations or questions so i think having a good uh, real estate minded agent is important it's been an asset for me uh, particularly um but just after having that conversation i mean it just took on a life of its own and uh, i don't know if it was i was looking for fun i was just looking for something that was going to replace my hygiene paycheck and then some and bankroll a better future for myself. Yeah. It sounds like you had a pain point, right? Like you were, you were kind of ready to move on. You, you said you weren't loving it. So that must've been a, <laughs> you knew real estate worked. You had some, some testimony that it worked. And then yeah, of course you yeah. had, you had that pain point. And that's what I was kind of getting at. Like people who love their jobs, I feel like they, they progress slower into a business like this, if at all, mm-hmm. uh, it takes them a lot longer because if you like what you do all day long, like why are you going to force yourself to work evenings and weekends to do something else uh, mm-hmm. unless you want to make that change? So yeah, yeah. I appreciate you answering those questions. I don't, I don't mean to, to pry on it. I just want to understand better. No, I just want to, j- yeah, I just want to jump off to like uh, the first flip. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I mm-hmm. didn't, but my mindset, and I think this is very important too. My mindset was I just, I was so driven and I wanted to be so successful and I, I just persevered and failing was not an option. It was like, this is going to work 
mm-hmm. or <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, was this going is, to work. This is going to work because so, there's no way I'm going back to hygiene. Was that was that kind of what yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. So I've yep. been in a similar position. You know, this when I started um, you know, doing my student projects, the very first ones, it was just like this is gonna work no matter what. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't really found my niche. I hadn't really found the thing that I liked doing yet. And uh mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to go backwards. I wanted to go forwards. Yeah. And uh yeah, awesome. So I can definitely relate there. Um, okay, let's dig into one of these uh projects. Do you have a recent one you can tell me about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I closed on one in March in Windsor. So what do you want to know about it? That was that's Okay, my so you haven't flip. sold it yet. You're just in the middle of the round. Oh, no, it's sold. Yeah, no, I, I, I sold. Uh, you closed the sale. I closed on it on March 24th or 25th. I okay. closed on it. So it's so been a few months. Yeah. What was that one? Was it a single family? It. Was it a, yep. a semi-detached or a sing- single detached home? Yep. Uh, so that was a one floor crawl space, uh, fully detached, uh, no garage, no air conditioning, $180,000. I ordered new windows, um, put a new roof on the back because the front of the, the front part of the house, the shingles were new, but on the back, it had nine layers of shingles. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, I know, uh, crazy. Um, so that was all done and it was just all a lot of cosmetic work stuff that I was able to do. And I've become uh, really good at drywalling. Unfortunately, I hate it, but, uh, this house required a lot of, uh, drywalling. I did it and it's, uh, yeah, just things that I could do myself. But the, the electrical too was very, very minimal on this, uh, house. Uh, the bill came to like 1500, I think. And, uh, whereas other houses, you know, electrical, the bill came in at seven or 9,000. So, right. uh, yeah. And I sold it for, it was three twenty. Okay. Three twenty. How long did that take you start to finish? Uh, it took me, I, I didn't, um, I didn't really rush it. It was five months, but, uh, I ordered the windows for the house. I knew it was going to take a long time for the windows to come in. So the windows, I ordered the windows for the house two weeks prior to me closing on this house. So I got the ball rolling on that. Right. And uh, but it, it did take a, a while for them to come in. But then when they did come in, my contractor who was going to do an installing, he had a massive heart attack the day that his wife was in the hospital delivering their baby. So oh, wow. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was a crazy, he had a really good excuse for not showing up to put the windows in. So. Uh, so obviously I wanted him to do it and he needed to do it. And, uh, so, you know, I gave him four or five weeks to just recover and recuperate. And, uh, then he made arrangements, which I'm very grateful for. He made arrangements with another person to come and do the install. And, um, he had someone, he wasn't able to drive because of the heart attack and surgery. So his sister drove him to my house several times so that he could oversee the work that he made arrangements with the other guy to do. So having a great uh, contractor like that is instrumental in my success as well. He, he really took accountability despite his uh, situation. So. That's insane. How old is this guy? He's just having a baby and he's having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah, he's, he's in his thirties. Uh, he doesn't smoke. He's slim. He's a slim gym. He's like six, three and a bean pole. Like it was just one of those, one of those things. Yeah. Wow. That's but thank not, God he's, he's, uh, yeah, thank I God hope he's, he's all right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, he is. Um, yep. Okay. So, uh, so you took five months on that one and I, I've ordered yep. windows early 
two. One time it bit yeah. me. I, I didn't end up closing on the house because I found something come up and I had to just give their windows away basically. But, uh, yeah. cause they're so specific, right? You could sell them for like a hundred yeah. bucks, but yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, how much were you in total on that house? Like how much did you put into all the work? So I bought the house in cash. So I didn't have any lender's fees or anything like that or interest so you, or anything you put like 180 down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. I didn't have to worry. I always like to come in with cash because that gives me a clean, that beats out other offers too, when oh, I yeah. come in with cash and I'm willing to close within a week or two. So that those, my offer conditions are usually, uh, I usually get the bid. I haven't lost too many bids, uh, because of that, but, um, yeah, so 180 cash. Uh, closing was actually, I got it written down. Um, closing costs were $3,000. So that's land transfer tax, yep. my lawyer. Um, so that's that. Okay. And then, uh, my renovation costs and holding costs, uh, were $30,000. Okay. So you're in about $33,000, mm-hmm. uh, including your carrying. Um, so you're in, for 213 selling for 320 mm-hmm. and uh you're typically just doing one property at a time are you yeah yeah okay yeah. so that's awesome so one hundred and seven thousand dollars in profit on that one less mm-hmm. your lawyer's fees when you sold and your real estate fees did you had a realtor yep. fee yeah okay so you were probably yep. paying so, what were you paying the realtor there uh so i paid 14.5 percent, and so my realtor fees were fourteen thousand four hundred, i believe give or take and the hst was 1900 and my lawyer was 900 so that came to about a little less than seventeen thousand dollars in expenses for selling okay yeah yeah minus 17 okay oops yeah so still ninety thousand dollar profit and you're able to do one of those how often? Are you typically getting two of those in a year? I usually, like when before COVID, COVID's put a little hiccup on things. Um, but I've usually got get in and start on my third one within one year frame. I have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, there's pros and cons to doing it that way. But um, the con is, is that it's very limiting because I'm only doing one at a, at a time. But, uh, the pros is, is that I've become very, I've almost mastered like, you know, project management. I know how to vet contractors and just like the multifamily. Now that I've got this experience under my belt, I know how long something should take. I know how much materials should cost, uh, things like that and how to vet contractors and just everything and permits and all of this. I feel quite confident with my Project management skills, yeah. taking that in and, and taking on two, three, four flips right. at a time, which, you know, I'm willing to do as a, just for the challenge of it. And because uh, I love a challenge, I need to be challenged. Otherwise, I get bored. So, so, so now the challenge is finding the deals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so that's yeah. your new challenge that, uh, that we can yeah. all, uh, all enjoy together. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah. um, now, this being like you're in the Niagara region, is that where you live? No. So I started, flip, well, the, the, all the rentals are there and I started flipping there, but then it, uh, I got priced and bid it out. So I was going from, when I started flipping, I was like, okay, there's one or two bids on this house. And then that graduated because everyone from Toronto now is coming to Niagara to flip or buy properties. And I was going from like being the only offer to like 30 offers on a damn house. And I'm just like, I can't compete with that. Mm-hmm. So 
even with my conditions, like I was waiving conditions, I was paying cash, I still couldn't compete unless I wanted to go like 50, 70, $80,000 over this house, which I'm not going to do. So I just went on Realtor and typed in, okay, $200,000. Where can I buy a house for $200,000 or less in Ontario? And a lot of places came up, but a lot of those places I wouldn't, uh, I'm willing to consider some tertiary markets, but not, uh, mm -hmm. not tapas casing. <laughs> so I ended up in Windsor for the past two years and I've had really good luck. And uh, the landscape down there has changed dramatically in the past two years also. Uh, uh, which I kind of contribute to COVID as well. Um, but uh, yeah, but my home base is here in uh, Waterloo. So my home oh, base. Okay, so you've lived in Waterloo pretty well this whole time? Yeah. Okay, so you've always been a bit of a distance investor. Now for the Windsor property, were you down there doing work yourself? Yep, I, I okay. stay in my flips. I stay in my oh. flips. I do all the work, so I have to stay. I have to stay there. Um, that's uh, my insurance company loves the fact that I stay there. Uh, also, I don't have to get a, a vacancy permit, which you know I would have to get. Um, and it's just it just it mm, increases my productivity because yeah. I'm doing the work, and there's no distractions in the <laughs> in the flips. I don't have a TV. I don't have any music. I don't have any of yeah. that. I just work, 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 work. And uh, pro so protect productivity is just you know up the roof. I have nothing else to do. I don't know anybody in Windsor. I don't have any girlfriends to hang out with. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's it makes me more driven to get it finished. So yeah. Does that make it hard for I mean friends and family back home? Are you are you just you know, coming back on the weekends or are you uh, just down in Windsor full time until it's done? Pretty much. It depends on where I'm at or if I've got someone lined up scheduled like for a worker to come in and work at the house. I, I want to stay there and be there. But uh, Tim, my significant other, I mean, you know, he gets in his truck and he'll drive down or I'll drive down every or I'll drive back home to Waterloo every second weekend or something. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys make it work. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was doing similar stuff, you know, staying in the house, my, uh, mm -hmm. she's my wife now, but she, you know, yep. she didn't love it. She was my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> she's like, wait, you're going to go <laughs> back to London and and leave me for, yeah. you know, five days at a time. Uh, yep. but, uh, you know what, like you said, when you're driven, you got to do what you got to do and, mm -hmm. and make it work. I mean, I, I won't lie. It gets lonely. It mm -hmm. gets lonely down in Windsor. Absolutely. It was frustrating. It makes it hard. I like, let's not sugarcoat this. It's hard, mm -hmm. but uh, at the same time, I'm going to be successful. I've got my goals, and right, damn and it, I'm going to achieve them. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you see? Well, I guess it depends on what the goal is. Is the goal a monetary goal? Is it a number of properties you flipped yourself? Is that is that success to you? What is success to you? Being happy. Being happy yeah. and loving what I do. Like, I, I thought I was going to love being a hygienist. And no, I just want to love. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm staying and renovating houses that stink so much. It would make you throw up. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world because I'm happy. I'm living life on my terms. Uh, it's just, yeah, I'm in control of my paycheck. You know, it's all I have to answer to no one but me. And in the hygiene that was not the case. And it, I was really unhappy yeah. and just, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. It, yeah. It's shitty work. <laughs> it's shitty work, but no, but you do it with a smile. <laughs> oh man. I can totally <laughs> relate to that. So I, oh, know, there have been so tears. Many. There have been, there have been tears. Trust me. There have been tears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can, I can relate. I used to, uh, I yeah. used to drive down to London. And I would, so when I was doing it by myself, it was, you know, I was down 
Monday morning until uh, I come back. I think I came back on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And then I would drive down again Thursday morning, come back Friday night to Burlington. So like no showers in between, like sleeping in a in a house that's like <laughs> under renovation. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. But you know what? I was I was up until that point probably never happier working because I was working for myself, yep. doing my own thing, mm-hmm. and I saw the benefit. Yep. I saw I saw the reward out of that. And and then mm-hmm. later on, I, when when um, my business partner Mike and I started working together, we just take turns. At first, we'd both go down. We'd do the same thing. We'd drive down every day. Mm-hmm. And we just take turns, you know, I go one day, he goes yeah. the next and, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I just want to point out, uh, yeah, I want to point out like, you know, yeah, it's really hard work and it can be stressful, uh, doing this. And, but I think where I having no regrets, it really got driven home. So, you know, when COVID started back in March, right? Like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I had just sold on another flip. I had just closed on, sorry, I just closed on another flip back a year and a half ago. I just closed and I came home and then two weeks later, the world started shutting down and no one was going to be able to predict. And, you know, we figured like, oh, you know, just for maybe like a couple of weeks or a month, maybe, you know, things are going to shut down and you go, the world's going to go back to the way it was. Well, a year and a half later, here we are in this gong show. So, but I mean, when I was, um, had closed on that flip and I came home back home to Waterloo and I had that money in my bank account, I had my assets, I had that communication with my tenants to make sure that they were okay and comfortable paying rent. And let's, and I opened that discussion. So I had covered all my bases. I had good financial stability in terms of that and just everything. And I sat on the sofa probably a month into quarantine And I said to Tim, I'm just like, you know, if I had stayed as a hygienist, I wouldn't have financial peace of mind right now. Uh, But because I took that risk and I took it on, I was scared. Um, The, the, my real estate investing, I was like, wow, we can ride this out for 10 or 12 years and not worry or sweat or worry about whether we're going to have a roof over our head. So um, yeah, I just love the power of real estate investing. Same. I say it, I say it, maybe I don't say it enough on the uh, podcast, but I I think dependency is, is what creates stress for people. Bad stress. Mm. Good stress is like, Mm -hmm. you know, a project you're working on, you got a deadline. I think that's good stress, but dependency is like that fear of how am I going to eat? How am I going to take care of my basic survival? Uh, And I think that that comes when we rely on our government for pension, when we rely on an employer to keep us on. Cause at the end of the day, if an employer doesn't have work for us, they lay us off. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know, if you go way back before the industrial revolution, most people were entrepreneurs. Most people had a trade. They, they ran mm-hmm. their own show. Uh, it's just in the last 100, 150 years that we've really gotten away from that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that it is a, a key to, to obtaining peace in life is to not have that dependency. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, yes. if you had still been in hygiene, you probably would have been pretty stressed if you didn't have those rental properties. I, I, uh, I would have been stressed. <laughs> Yeah. Fortunately, our, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, our government gave handouts to tenants so they could pay their rent. So for us landlords, it kept us afloat. I never missed a rent payment from any tenants. Did you? Yeah. Probably, probably not, right? No, no, yeah, I, I had paid. that open. I was in a good financial position. And mm-hmm. if I, and I didn't want my tenants to be stressed out, you know, with like, oh my God, like with their jobs and all of this, and I don't have enough money for food and this and that. And I I realized, you know, quickly on the onset of this whole gong show that some people were, they weren't as fortunate as me. 
and I didn't want to, you know, I was ready to pay it forward kind of thing. Um, but no, all my tenants, uh, they paid and uh, the tenants that found that they were running into problems meeting uh, rent, they didn't want to get to that point where they couldn't pay rent. So they opted out and they moved out and they moved in with their family, their parents gotcha. uh, to have, you know, yeah, so, which I respect it. And I totally appreciate it that they did that. So, well, they must get along well with you. You must have a very good relationship with them. I try. I try to, you know, I don't get uh, too friendly with my tenants, uh, but I, I try to keep it like a very friendly business, but not yeah. like, you know, iron lady here. But, yeah, you're uh, reasonable, right? I think yeah. I think if tenants realize that, yeah. you're always reasonable, like make a point if something's broken, fix it right away. Um, I think that if they see that, then they mm -hmm. want to treat you better. You get enemies when you they tell you something's broken, you never fix it and that kind of thing. Uh, that's that you yeah, don't want. You don't want a tenant. You don't want a tenant as an enemy. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> I haven't had that knock on wood. So don't jinx me. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. trying to think if I've had that. I've definitely had ones that didn't, it didn't go smooth. Um, yeah, no, I did have a set actually uh, that were, they were one of my early mistakes before I had a process, before I knew how to vet and trust my gut with uh, applications. I put mm -hmm. the wrong tenants in and yeah, we butt heads <laughs> mm -hmm. and they lasted seven years with me. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I learned from that mistake. Um, anywho. Okay. So wow. what would you want to share Jacqueline? I've, I know I've asked you quite a few questions. Is there anything you would want to share kind of words of wisdom, things that you've learned along the way? You know, once you learn the potential of real estate investing, don't let it scare you because there's systems and processes for every problem. There is someone out there who's acknowledgeable. There's podcasts like people like yourself who um, provide so much valuable networking and information. Like everything is figure out outable. Like every problem has a solution. And don't be afraid to pivot or take some sweat equity because that's what I've done. And, you know, yeah, I've been flipping houses and I've done them myself, but I've also, I'm scaling into a point where, you know, and my budget has gone so that I can start hiring out people to do everything, mm -hmm. maybe 75% instead of like me doing 90 and them doing 10. So, um, figure it out. Don't, uh, don't give up and, uh, just learn how to curate and collaborate. That's my, I like that, uh, expression, curate, curate like and collaborate curate content or yeah like cu cu curate your knowledge curate okay. your your people your network and mm -hmm. um yeah and then and learn how to collaborate the you know okay. scalability if that's what you want to do yeah curate, so just reaching out with other other people learning how they're growing and, and copying or, or taking from taking something from that to help mm -hmm. apply it to your own situation yeah okay. i mean the collateral beauty for me this the past year and a half with COVID was, is that I started my Instagram account and I started discovering the REI community in November, uh, last November. And that was like, I started discovering podcasts. And up to that point, I had no idea that there was an REI community <laughs> so, mm -hmm. or real estate podcast or anything like that. So that's been the collateral beauty for, for me. And, um, uh, just oh, my mind is opening like the knowledge that I've learned. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to scale up. <laughs> I'm going to go bigger. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you're, uh, you, sound, you seem like you're poised to do it and, uh, it'll be exciting to watch mm -hmm. you. What's your vision for the next year? I know you said multifamily, like what's yep. next for you. That yep. That's the next thing. The very next thing that's happening. 
it's going to be multifamily and um, doing some more flips. I want to take on two. I'm going to start with two and see how I manage two. And if I feel like that that's going relatively good, I'm going to get the third one rolling and possibly four. Like I said, I just really want to scale up. I really want to um, challenge myself and learn. And then if I ever JV with somebody or partner up with somebody, I feel like I'm, I would be bringing a lot of value into mm -hmm. that uh, collaboration with all my experience. Um and yeah, because I mean, you have to bring something to the table and maybe if it's not money, then at least it's experience and project management or, you know, I yeah. can take over for something like somebody from out of town from another province or just, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like right so now. So you would like run the, the project like you are now, hire out a lot of the work, but do some of it and then have a, have a money partner in. Is that kind of what you're saying? Um, yeah, like for huge scalability. Yeah. For okay. So not for a small project, like but for something. No, bigger, no, no, sense. no. Yeah. So you got the like small just, ones. You got the small ones tackled. Yeah. Uh, that makes I sense. That Why split it up? I buy it in cash and mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just go and I got my team. Yeah. yeah so nice. And in yeah. target areas, are you thinking Windsor for the multifamilies or do you have another, another look? Um, so I've gotten pre-approved at the bank for $400,000. So uh, I've already got my pre-approval for that for a multifamily. Um, and this is something else I didn't know. So right now CIBC is my bank. That's who I have all my mortgages with mm -hmm. and for my um, rentals. So when I had that conversation with them for the, over the past couple of months, um, this is something else I've learned. So um, for multifamily, CIBC is the only bank that's capped at four units. So if you want to have a five, six, 20, a hundred, you have to go somewhere else. CIBC won't lend well, you, have to you go that to the money. Commercial division. So you can go. Yeah. CIBC you have to commercial. go somewhere else. Yeah. You can go to the commercial division at CIBC. But I mean, if I yeah. were, if I were you down in like Windsor, Chatham area, I just find local credit unions. So, so yeah. yes, the big banks, you can go, you know, BMO, TD, uh, any of those, uh, just from my mm -hmm. broker days. Um, yep. yeah, th those are banks that will do, you know, unlimited number of doors, but they have different lending mm -hmm. groups for each number of yep. doors and, and well, not number of doors, but each price range. So yep. I know you said you're pre-approved for 400, but reasonably, um, yep. you can, if you can prove competency in your application, you could buy a hundred doors um, tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to take, oh, just settle down. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm willing to take on like maybe five to 12, 16, mm -hmm. 20. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, great. I feel, I don't want to overwhelm myself and uh, I, you know, and there's no reason for me to take a hundred doors on. Um, but I'm willing to like, I feel very confident, you know, scaling up on my own and, uh, yeah. So when I went into realtor again, I uh, typed in like, you know, multifamily, $400,000. Yeah. A lot of nice uh, few, like they're fixer uppers, but uh, you, right. know, you want something with value add on and so that you can burr it uh, because moving forward, I will be burring my yeah. financing my uh, properties. Um, Perfect. But uh, so that's one strategy I'm going to be doing. So yeah, I want value add. I want to, uh, you know, get markets up, you know, with the tenants, if I inherit any, and, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, but yeah, I'm not ready to take on a hundred yet. Yeah. No, that's yet. all right. That's all right. No <laughs> rush. Um, okay. So you said you hate doing drywall, even though you're, you're good at it. What, uh, what's your well, favorite thing to do? <laughs> oh God. I don't think any of it's my favorite. I think my favorite is when I can stand back and go, damn, I did that. And then someone else yeah. comes in and loves it and they buy it. <laughs> I feel like I did a yeah. good job. And it's, it all comes too. with its own challenges. Like, you know, it's, it comes with its own challenges. And, yeah. But I mean, I, I have pride in the fact that I learned how to do it. So, yeah. 
Well, that's fantastic. And I'm with you there. I always love the part at the end where if, if it was students or if I was selling it, somebody say, wow, that's mm-hmm. really nice. Or I've never seen a student property like that. Um, mm-hmm. That always meant a lot to me. That was, that was like the, yeah. one of the best parts made it really fun. Cause then I just say, okay, yeah. how do I make the next one even nicer than that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's all, it's all up to For me. Sure. Right. So um, yeah. anyways, yeah, it's been great having you on great talking to you. Um, if people wanted yeah. to reach out to you or follow you, just remind them of where and how. Uh, Instagram in, on Instagram, Baywop design, B A Y W O P design. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that, that's the easiest place if they want to follow and uh, send you a message that they can get you there. Yes. Follow me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Jacqueline, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>